In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is a slightly hokey term that was introduced a few years ago. Uh, Maysember. Maysember. Have you heard of this term? It was used, uh, it, de- it describes the um, period of absolute mayhem that many people, especially parents of young children, experience this time of year. Uh, it is like December with all of the end of the year, concerts, recitals, awards, ceremonies, finals, etc., uh, sports. Um, it's like that kind of melee, but without the tinsel and lights, without the sort of Christmas spirit to kind of get you through. So people kind of collapse at the end of May, uh, right as summer begins. And um, it is actually, I think it's used to describe a, a month um, when time feels like it's speeding up uh, before it at least theoretically slows down. Now, I don't know if you've just come through Maysember or not. Um, I certainly have. Um, but I know that you live in modernity. Modernity is an academic term to describe our, our era. And it is defined by one German sociologist, modernity is defined as the constant process of speeding things up. The constant process of speeding things up. Acceleration lies at the heart of modernity. Now, okay, before you roll your eyes too hard at me, what am I talking about? Well, there's technological acceleration. Every day we have headlines about artificial intelligence and the ways in which it will speed things up in the way that it is speeding things up without us even knowing it. And it's kind of frightening, to be honest. I kind of, I try to turn away as much as I can. Um, but there's also just the, 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 the constant, you know, influx of new devices. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever come across a, like a drawer full of old cords? You know what I'm talking about? There's nothing sadder than a drawer full of old cords that, you're hanging on for God only knows what reason. Uh, you've never used them, you never will, but they're there in case you need them, I guess. Um, there's, uh, this is technological acceleration made sort of into a reminder, but you know, think about email. It was designed in order to correspond with people much quicker and theoretically to save you time. Uh, that the opposite has happened, you know. The, 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 the quicker you, you, you can get a response from someone has become uh, the, the injunction that you must receive a response that much quicker. What is designed to save time actually robs you of it. Life is accelerating. What about cultural acceleration? I, I watched a couple episodes of The Twilight Zone uh, with my son the other day, and I'm not talking about the 80s version, I'm talking about the 50s black and white Rod Serling version, and it's an amazing show. But what was his primary comment? Dad, it's so slow. Why is it so slow? We went and saw Spider-Man across the universe, and let me tell you, that is lickety-split. Incredible movie, but it is just so fast, you cannot, you kind of leave there feeling like you've been run over by a a Technicolor truck. Um, But the pace is what's slower. But it's not just cultural, it's like social change, you know, that seems to accelerate. I was struck by, you know, there was a, interview in 2018 with Steve Carell, the actor, 
uh, asking him whether or not uh, an, a reboot of The Office, his extremely you know, beloved sitcom, would work. This was 2018, and he said it couldn't work because the humor has become outdated. It ended in 2013. So in five years, it had become outdated. Now many of us have, you know, you watch a movie from the 80s, and you're like, wow, they couldn't get away with that today. You know, that is, the speed of social change feels dizzying. Then there's economic acceleration, another word for which is inflation. I mean, you, you, you talk to people about prices going up faster and faster. How many, how many conversations do you have about how much a house used to cost, or a used car used to cost, not in 1975, but in 2019. It's absurd. Uh, you know, I've just, you know, you talk to people about the real estate market, and you, just, you just don't understand the pace of this market. Pace, everything's about speed. Uh, what about political acceleration? I was talking with a friend who had a falling out with a former roommate uh, over uh, the Bush Kerry campaign. And uh, the idea was that the Bush Kerry campaign, how quaint was that? <laughs> we thought it was so vitriolic at the time. We had no idea how much things would accelerate. The news cycle, the temperature would rise. How about professional acceleration? When I, when I got here 13 years ago to work with college students, you know, I was surprised to find out that they didn't look for jobs their fourth year. They looked for jobs their third year. And now, as I finish with the students, they all have their jobs their second year. And soon, it will be before that. Talk to anyone about youth sports. When do they need to get serious? Well, it used to be around age 12. Now it's age eight. Soon it'll be age two. <laughs> you can tell that acceleration is something that we all deal with by the anxiety people feel about falling behind. This is a chief uh, anxiety for parents, of course. You don't want your children to fall behind. You want them to get into the right summer camp or program or school or something like that. But it has the same thing to do with, you know, professionals in their 50s who don't want to fall behind with the, with the millennials entering the workforce. Everything is about falling behind, this injunction to become more and more efficient with our time, to be able to do less and squeeze more out of each minute, reach more people with less clicks, do you feel your anxiety ratcheting up right now? Because that's what I'm trying to do to you. This is what life is like today. It's not, we're not on a treadmill. We're on uh, what, what is like a treadmill that just is, you know, it's got the button mashed down, that sort of up button. And it's just keeping going faster and faster and faster. So what are the results of acceleration? Well, Rosa, that sociologist, says that diminished freedom is one of the results. That every year we have to run a bit faster to keep what we have, meaning we have a little less time, a little less option to do other things. We have less than, rather than more. But secondly, the, 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 what we suffer because of acceleration is alienation. We feel this constant pressure to do more in less time 
while also there's a shared feeling of loss of control over our own life and the world, therefore losing contact with it. Now, I don't know if you're a runner. Um, I'm not happen to be one. I, I pretend to be one every once in a while. And um, I know that if I'm actually talking to the person next to me that I'm running with, we are not running fast enough, <laughs> right? You go to the head of the race, the people that are really getting some, some mileage and they're, they're really getting somewhere, they are not chit-chatting, okay? To be, you have to be focused about going as fast as you can, as far as you can, as long as you can. And you're not going to be talking and making connections and enjoying relationships while that's happening. It just is antithetical. So there's alienation. But there's also depression. I think if you talk to most people, depend, no matter what their life is like, they will articulate some version of the feeling that they're being left behind, that they are, or the fear of being left behind. To look at the summer, or look at the fall, or look at the next year, the next political cycle, or the next economic cycle, and think, I know what I have to do to keep up. But the very idea of pouring out all that energy makes me tired, right? This is what it, I, I know what I should do. I know what I have to do if I want to keep up with the Joneses. But I just don't got it in me this year, you know? I lost a parent, or, or I, I, I've got some drag on me in some way. My children, child is suffering, and I just don't have the energy. Now, that sort of fatigue is usually correlated to depression. Now, you and I were on the edge of summer, which, as Sam pointed out so beautifully, is supposed to be a season of rest and recreation, and I hope it is for you. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why it's so beautiful that we just heard read the creation narrative from Genesis. Now, remember, when you read the creation narrative in the Bible, um, the Bible's not interested in answering the uh, how or the what, okay? Those are, that's, that's for science. The, what the Bible is interested in is answering the uh, who and the why. The who and the why. So what, let's talk about the who. I think that there's something to this who that addresses us in the midst of acceleration. Well, what we learn about the who is that God the Father, on Trinity Sunday, we find out that this God who created all things rested on the seventh day. It was not an acceleration event. God did not show up on that seventh day to beat the, the last day's metrics. He took a personal day <laughs> to rest. This is counter-cultural. God did not anxiously come to check in, to circle back on creation, to see how it was all working. And this is documented, and it's, it is, it's not only documented, it's enshrined in the fact that the fourth commandment tells us that we should do the same thing. We should keep the Sabbath, Saturday or Sunday, depending on your tradition. You are to rest. This is originally, it was originally established, if you know about the Sabbath, it was established as a response to the slavery that the Israelites experienced in Egypt where they were, they were ruled by Pharaoh, Pharaoh who was a very anxious ruler. 
completely focused on productivity and acceleration, hard work. He viewed human beings not as beautiful children of God, but as labor force, economic units to be disposed of, no breaks. And so this new regime that God is outlining to Moses would be distinguished by rest, would be underlined. So Sabbath today, showing up at church, welcome to the resistance. <laughs> you know, the resistance to acceleration, to the notion that the pace needs to increase, or that our lives are defined by our ability to produce X, Y, or Z. The Sabbath breaks the sat cycle and reminds you and I that we are situated on the receiving ends, receiving end of the gifts of God, not on the earning end. And yet so consumed and inured are we to acceleration that so largely does Pharaoh loom in our imagination that we need to be reminded of this restful posture of God every seven days. You don't graduate from it. You don't get a year of Sabbath and then like you're done. Go off, work hard. No, church is designed not to be fast-paced, but to be slow, full of silence and ritual. And yet it's not enough to just say, relax, all caps, chill out, slow down. We can't do that, just try. Have you ever tried that with someone who's anxious? It's never worked. Um, well, God has not given us just a Sabbath, we find out, but God has given us a garden. One of the most beautiful images here, if you read this creation narrative, is that he talk, talks about seeds and growing and fruit and trees and, and birds. What is a garden but the most beautiful anti-acceleration technology, deceleration technology known to man? To be a gardener is to reacquaint yourself with the seasons, with the rhythms of life that are natural. To be a person who wants to be outdoors is to get away from the acceleration and reacquaint yourself with the linear, the, this periods of fallowness and fecundity and, and growth and death and the, the, the cyclical, circular mode of life in God's world, which is not linear is not accelerating. It is simply uh, a life of tending and attention and beauty. But it's not just garden, a garden that God gives us or a Sabbath. God gives us a spirit. This is Trinity Sunday after all and the gospel reading is addressed directly to those who are afraid of being left behind those who are anxious about being overlooked. Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, go out, make disciples, knowing that I have been given authority, I, not you, have been given authority over all heaven and earth. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the second Sunday of Pentecost when we celebrate that God has not left us alone, Jesus has not left us alone, but given us his spirit that those who feel left behind have not been left behind. 
So what am I trying to say? Simply that the God of creation is not another agent of acceleration. No, God is a God of rest. Jesus himself rested constantly. And to be made in God's image like we are told we are made is to be made as a person who needs rest. And that is not just tolerable or a, uh, something to be um, patient with. It's good. It's very good to look forward to a summer of idleness and recreation. But it, God isn't just a God of rest. You see, when Christ comes and gives that, God, that great commission, we understand that God is a God of the restless. He does not leave his followers, his children, in the trap of acceleration and unremitting activity and anxiety. No, he is engaged in the business of rescuing those who are enslaved to such overwhelming forces. And we know this because God did not just give us the Garden of Eden, but he lived into the Garden of Gethsemane. The garden where before Christ was crucified, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He did not ratchet up his action plan, but surrendered in passivity to what lay in front of him, which was the full brunt of Roman restlessness and anxiety meted out on his shoulders. This Jesus, who in front of Pilate stood still, went silent and refused to run away or run faster, but gave up his life for your sake, that you and I might live today and live eternally with God in the future. And so, my friends, no matter how much acceleration you're dealing with, you are not a left alone. I am with you always, Jesus tells us, with you. I am active and alive in your life, in the Holy Spirit. And I have been given full authority over all that overwhelms you. And so, with those early followers today, we breathe in the breath of God, which is the Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life and sustainer of all those who need to decelerate. Amen.